Blog Talk Radio. All right, we want to say greetings to everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Brother Hawk Golden, and I'm grateful to the Lord to be able to come before you and share with you uh, what God has laid on my heart to share. So today we're going to talk to you about admitting your wrong. And I think that's, that's very important uh, in your walk with the Lord to confess and to admit uh, your wrongdoing, to admit uh, the part you play in different things, just to have that mindset uh, to confess and, and admit uh, when you're wrong. And I've run into so many people in the ministry over the years, and even now I deal with people who they have a sincere problem with admitting that they were wrong. And as long as you uh, don't admit that you're wrong in a situation, you will always be set up to fall right back into that same situation, to continue your cycle in that situation. You, For you to grow in the Lord, you have to be able to admit that you were wrong or that you are wrong so that God can change you. And when you have a problem with admitting you're wrong, then you are not even humble enough to receive the grace of God. You see that? You're not even humble enough to receive his grace to be cleansed. And so we're going to start reading okay, in the fifth chapter of the book of Luke. So if you have your Bible, let's go to the fifth chapter of the book of Luke. We're going to look at something just real briefly here. The fifth chapter of the book of Luke, we're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of the ministerate and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him, in other words, asked him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And I think that's very interesting. It says, now when he had left speaking, in other words, when he was finished speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for he draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, here's one thing I like about this story. The fact that Simon, in other words, who we know as Peter, he was a professional fisherman. That was his job. He was a fisherman. And that was what he did to earn money. So, And apparently he had been doing it quite a bit. You know, that was his job. And so he called Jesus Christ master. He understood, number one, that Jesus Christ was a teacher, uh, you know, and he also knew that Jesus Christ was not a fisherman. Uh, if he knew anything about the Lord, he knew that he was, by trade, um, was a carpenter. And so Jesus Christ, in, in, in Simon's mind, in other words, in Peter's mind, he could have thought, you know, you don't know anything about fishing. You don't know anything at all about fishing. I'm the one. I'm the fisherman. I'm. This is my job. I do this every day. I, I've already been out 
fishing all night, and we ain't caught nothing. Look at what he says. He says, Master, in verse 5 of Luke chapter 5, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. So he's telling the Lord, Lord, we, and this is for our sake. That's, we, that's the reason why this was written. He's telling the Lord, Lord, we have worked all night. We've fished all night, and we haven't taken anything, nothing, not one fish, we, nothing. But he says, nevertheless, in other words, forget about what I know about fishing. Forget about the way I've tried it. Forget about me thinking that I know more than you because of my occupation and because of yours. Forget about it. Because you said it, Lord, I'm going to do it. Because you said it. In other words, Peter was willing to consider just maybe. You know what? Because Peter understood that me catching fish is more important than me thinking I know more than the master knows. In other words, now you keep in mind, up until this point, all Jesus Christ is to Peter is a teacher. Peter has not sought him as the Lord. Peter has not had a, had a relationship with him and followed him as the Messiah. All Peter, all he is to Peter right now is a master, in other words, a teacher of God's word. And to Peter, it's more important for me to catch fish than it is for me to prove that I know more about fishing than you do. And so Peter says, nevertheless, at thy word. In other words, because you said it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to at least, in other words, he had an open mind to at least to consider what somebody else said. And it shows you the humility in Peter. And that's what God needs in you as a follower. If he's going to work with you, if he's going to heal you, if he's going to help you to grow, the first thing he needs out of you is humility. What humility? The humility that says, you know what? I've been thinking a certain way all this time, but just maybe, just maybe, I've been thinking wrong about it. Just maybe I can take somebody else's word about the way I am. You've heard me say before, when you hear someone tell you something, especially about you, you ought to give heed. But, it's, but when you hear two or three people telling you the same thing, you really need to give heed. I'm talking about about you, especially if it's something for your own good to help you to line up with God's word. Governance that people have is designed to keep them from growing in God. You set yourself against God when you are too proud to admit that you're wrong. You're too proud to admit what you the part that you've played in situations, you're too proud to really take anybody else's opinion about something or somebody else's <clears throat> sight about it, you know, their judgment about it. You are, When you're too proud to do that, you're too proud to grow in God. And that's unfortunate for many today who call themselves believers. Here was Peter, a grown man who was a fisherman who allowed this teacher to get in his boat and teach. 
And you keep in mind they're already tired. I'm sure they don't. They really like to get back home to their families. We know Peter was married. I'm sure other ones were as well. Really want to get back home to their families, and then the Lord asked them, "Is it okay if I get in your boat?" And then they agreed, okay. And then he asked them, "Can you push off a little bit from the land, please?" They do that. So they, in other words, now say when the Lord approached them, they were outside of the boat. They weren't. The Bible says they weren't even in their boats. So the Lord had to go get them, get them back to their boat. They had to get in the boat with the Lord because they were the ones that knew how to operate it. And he asked them, can you push out just a little? So they've been toiling all night. No doubt they're tired, but you know what? At least they set themselves up to be able to hear the word. The Lord didn't tell them, you know, if you do what I'm telling you, you're going to get a big blessing later on. You just watch. Just if you, I know y'all tired. But if you just just do what I'm asking you, push off now, think about this. We're looking at this situation, and we, we think, naturally so, and on the surface, the Lord wanted to push off from the land, push away just a little bit for the purpose of getting away from the people to keep them from thronging him as was normal. But you know what part of it was? To keep Peter and his, his fellow fishermen from getting off the boat and going back onto the shore. In other words, the Lord wanted them around him. They had to put themselves in a position. The Lord wanted them in a position to hear the word. He wanted them around him. Many times, people, when they don't want to be told the truth, when they have issues with the truth, when they have issues with somebody correcting them, God, I'm just a me. I'm going to put me in it. When you have a problem with me correcting you according to God's word, the natural response that flesh does is separate. I don't want to be around correction. I don't want to be around. And so the Lord in this instance, what was he doing? He wasn't just pushing away from the crowd so that people wouldn't throng him, but he was also separating so that Peter and, and his people could be there. They were stuck there. You see that? And because of that, in other words, they were in a position to actually hear the word. They were right there. And what we see play out after this is a result. After the Lord preaching whatever it was that he preached, it must have touched Peter enough to say, you know what? Nevertheless, ask thy word. In other words, it, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What would have happened if Peter and his, his followers, if Peter and his fellow workmen had not heard the word? Would maybe they would not have been so eager or so willing to say, you know, nevertheless, at your word, in other words, they heard the Lord, and they said, in their minds, this man knows what he's talking about. The Bible makes it clear that Jesus taught as one that had authority. He wasn't just, and you know, and people, if they don't, if you want to see, you don't like authority, you're not going to like people that teach with authority. You know, I, I get emails all the time from people trying to convince me of something in the Word that's not right or whatever the case is, and I don't, I don't even respond to that. Don't you wasting your time writing a two-page letter to me? about something you don't like in the Word. That, you, just, you won't even get a response. I won't even acknowledge it. 
You see that? You you just wasting your time. I, I'm called to sheep. You know, my job is to be a shepherd. I'm not a goat herder. I'm a shepherd. You see that? Now, that's first and foremost. So if you're a goat, I, I'm not your leader. You see that? That's just automatic. You, first of all, have to be a sheep to be led. And so God has called me to lead, not to dispute with goats. You see that? So I, I don't even get into all of that. And so he heard the word. And because he heard it, it affected him to the point where he was willing to say, you know what? Because you are who you are, maybe I've been doing this thing wrong. Maybe. See, he was a professional. Now, here's the thing. Some of y'all, y'all done read a little bit of the Bible, and, and y'all think y'all know more than the one that God sent to preach to you. Now, that's the problem. God hasn't even called you into ministry. <clears throat> and because you know a little bit of the Bible, you think you know more than somebody that God has sent to preach to you. You see that? You have to be humble. You have to be humble and be willing. I don't care how old you are. Your your age don't matter to God. You're not older than God, and you're not. And so if you really believe that it's God that preaches through his ministers, then you have to know that that wisdom is timeless. It doesn't, your, your experience, what you've gone through, that doesn't matter when it lines up against God's word. If if it goes against God's word, you just it, 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 God don't care about your experiences. God's word stands against your experience if you're trying to use that as your word. You see that. So you you have to be willing to admit, just maybe I'm wrong, and I'm telling you that is one of the hardest things to get so-called believers to do. Some people in church. You will just, you can talk to them. They just will not admit, maybe I'm seeing the situation wrong. Maybe it's my own thinking. Maybe I'm processing this wrong. You just, it's hard to get some people to admit that. People will go down fighting. People will die and go to hell because they can't admit that they are wrong. And listen, we're not just talking about little isolated situations because if you're that way in one area, you're that way across the board. Your pride is there. You see that? That's what's keeping you from being able to admit that you're wrong. And so here Peter, he says, we have talked all night and have taken nothing. We, we ain't got nothing to show for what we were doing. But you know what? Because of your word, because you said to do it, we're going to do it. And that should be our mindset. You know what, Brother Bolton, because you've come to me with this or because the word says that, I'm going to consider that just maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've been thinking wrong. Maybe I've processed things wrong. You see that? So verse 5, and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have taught all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. So look at what he says. I will. Look look what look at the first part of the verse. Master, we we have called all night. We put all we put our heads together and it, it, we came up with nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, he didn't say we will let down the net. He says, I will. You know what that's talking about? You know what that tells us spiritually? We have to be following willing to follow right, even when people around us in our immediate circle feel 
debating on whether or not they need to follow. God, and I, 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 I pray that you look here, those of you that are watching, God is going to hold you personally responsible for the word that you've heard. I don't care how. You're sitting around the table with other people, and what all y'all have conjured up in your mind about what's right and what's wrong, God is going to hold you personally accountable for the things that you reject in his word. When you stand before God, mom and dad is not going to be there. Sister and brother is not going to be there. It's going to be you, and God does not want to hear anything about how other people influence you. He don't want to hear anything about these ungodly conversations. You yourself have to make have to have a made up mind to follow the Lord, even when it goes against what people around you think, what they're talking about. God is going to hold you responsible. God does not intend for you to be influenced outside of His will. You see that? Now, if you really want to know whether or not the crowd you're running with is true, just look at the fruit. Look at the fruit there. Now, if you are giving into that, if you giving, if you following that lead, it ought to show you just how off you are. Peter said, told the Lord what all they had done that night. But when it came down to it, he said, nevertheless, I will. People don't get into heaven in groups. You understand? God God don't call your group and say, you know what, y'all are good friends, y'all are a good group, y'all stuck together, even though y'all was wrong, I'm letting you in. He's going to judge you individually. And that's, now, that's going to be fearful for some of y'all. You're finding strength in your disobedience on this side, on that side, you ain't going to have anybody to stand with you. It ain't going to be nobody there holding your hand. It's just going to be God looking at you, and you're going to be able to see your life. All the times you rejected his word and was unrepentant about it, you're going to see those things in his eyes. And the Bible says if you're a liar, you won't even be in his presence. You see that? So, you have to, this is an individual decision. Be willing to be bold enough and be humble enough to say, you know what? That's God's word. I'm going to line up with it. I don't care what y'all saying. I'm going to get in, I'm going to be in God's will. And then and only then can God use you. you see? All right, let's go and keep reading. Verse 6. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net breaks. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. So because one man decided, you know what, I'm going to follow you, Lord, other people joined in and benefited from it. Instead of you being such a follower with that little group that you hang out with that's going against God's word, why don't you be the one to stand up and say, you know what, God's word is right. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter how we processing it, God's word is right, and I'm going to follow it. You be the ones that help everybody else's soul. Don't don't fall for what the devil's got going on there. You be the one that stand up and say, you know what, God's word is right. 
that preacher is talking to me, and I'm going to get in God's. I'm going to be in God's will. If you are bold enough, if you have uh, are courageous enough to stand up, even when it means standing by yourself in your mind, other people can benefit from it. You will make other people those the same people that you were sitting around talking with. You know, outside of God's will, you'll make them check themselves and say, you know what, then maybe we need to look at what the way we were doing it as well. Maybe we need to look at what our thought process about it was as well. You see that? If you'll be bold enough to, to stand up there, you see. And so because of that, not only did Peter's company uh, uh, benefit from it and, and it was fruitful for them, but also their partners who were in the other ship. They saw that, and they themselves got in there, got in on it. That's God's will. You see that? Let's go and keep reading. When Peter, when Simon Peter saw it, verse 8, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Jesus went from being master to Lord. How did that start it with Peter having an open mind to at least think maybe I'm wrong, maybe I've done this the wrong way, and maybe I gave up too soon, and so I'm going to do what you said do, Master. So he went from calling the Lord Master to calling him Lord. Go ahead and keep reading. So what was he doing? He admitted, I'm wrong. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. In other words, depart from me. The way that I've been doing things in my life has been wrong all this time. Verse 9, for he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes, which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto him, Fear not, I shall catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. You see that? So you see, I, I want you to see the natural progression here, how the Lord told them it went from Peter admitting, I'm a sinful man. In other words, I'm wrong. And from that, the Lord said, fear not. From henceforth, you'll catch men. The Lord didn't say, fear not. We're going to make you better. Fear not. You're going to be perfect before it's all said and done. Fear not. You're going to keep growing and growing, and then I'm going to be able to use you, and you're going to be mighty. Fear not. You sit under this, uh, under me for, you know, the rest of your life, and everything's going to be all right. He says, fear not from henceforth, thou shalt catch men. What brought him to saying that? The fact that Peter admitted to him that he was wrong. In other words, what is this saying to us? God can use you if you're willing to admit the areas that you are wrong in, if you're willing to confess your fault, if you're willing to confess that you were wrong, that's when the floodgates open up. That's the real drops. That's the real fruit there. That's when those things show up is when you can confess. I was wrong. I was wrong. And I'm telling you, you know what it does? It lifts this burden off of you. You know why? Because as long as you don't think you were wrong, then you have a burden there to prove that you're right. 
and you'll live your life proving, trying to prove, I should say, that you're right. You will live your life based on you trying to prove to everybody else that you were right and what you thought you were right, and then you sit around hoping that the other party fall or something happens to, to prove your point, except it doesn't. That's the reason why the devil torments some of you. He torments you with your own pride, that pride that says, I can't admit that I'm wrong. He will torment you with pride because pride belongs to him to begin with. That's the reason why some of you don't sleep at night. That's the reason why some of you uh, are, are tormented. That's the reason why some of you don't have peace. Because you're holding on to the very thing that got the devil that had Lucifer kicked out of heaven, pride. Now, if Lucifer himself was kicked out of heaven because of pride, his inability to humble himself, what makes you think that you're going to float around in the kingdom of God with that same exact thing? You need to humble yourself. That's the first, that's, the, that's repentance 101. Humble yourself enough to admit maybe, just maybe, you missed it. Just maybe you are wrong. And what happens, the, 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 the sad part about it all is this. The longer you go down that road of trying to prove that you're wrong, the longer you go down that road trying to prove your point and that everybody else is wrong except you and, you know, and the little crew that you done gather together, as long as you go down that road, the longer you do that, the further into perdition you go. That's the sad part about it. The longer you go, the more bitter you get, the more fight you have in you, and the harder it is for God to get to you. This message is for somebody today. You confess that wrong. When, you, when you've been wrong, you confess it. And listen, you admitting you're wrong does not include you pointing out everybody else is wrong. Does not include you telling somebody else, well, yeah, I was wrong about this, but you know, I was only responding to what you did. That ain't that's not true repentance. You can't go to the Lord and say, well, you know, Lord, I, I'm wrong. I, I'm a sinner. I've been wrong. But you know what? And had Adam and Eve not deal with it, I wouldn't be in a situation where that's not repentance. You'll never get saved from that. You confessing your wrong only involves you and what you've done. If the other person don't admit that they're wrong, if they're wrong at all, then that, that's not something for you to bring to them. You confess your fault. They don't say confess other people's fault to them. You confess yours. That's when God can help you. See that? That's when God can help you. Amen. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. I also pray that you will really give heed to what the Holy Spirit had to say today. If you're wrong, Confess you're wrong. Don't be so hard-hearted and so stubborn that you can't even consider that just maybe you were wrong in the situation. If you're wrong, confess it. Ask God to open your mind and your understanding about different things. You see that? So that you can look at things through his eyes and not filter it through what all you've been through. You see that? So thank you all for joining us today. I pray that something was said that has blessed you, and we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you in the future.